Hello! Welcome to the Healthy Habits Happy Home Podcast, hosted by the Guelph Family Health Study. If you're interested in the most recent research and helpful tips for healthy, balanced living for you and your family, then this podcast is for you. In each episode, we will bring you topics that are important to your growing family and guests who will share their expertise and experience with you. Our quick tips will help your family build healthy habits for a happy home. Welcome back to the Healthy Habits Happy Homes podcast. I'm Marcy Ann. And I'm Tamara. And today we're excited to have a returning guest, Dr. Amar Layla, join us. Dr. Amar is a postdoctoral fellow with the Eat Lancet 2.0 Commission and the Guelph Family Health Study, whose research interests are in improving food system sustainability and justice, especially from a family point of view, including promoting healthy, sustainable eating. He is here today to talk to us about his research on father's involvement during mealtimes. Welcome aboard, Amar. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be back now as a doctor, not as uh, I think I was a PhD candidate at the time of the first one. So, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. No worries. Well, to get started, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your current role and how your education and experiences led you to where you are now? Sure. I started my undergraduate in nutritional and nutraceutical sciences at the University of Guelph. Uh, I was always interested in biology and chemistry, and so that felt like the most appropriate thing to do, which was just do nutrition because it bridges both at the same time. But towards the end of my undergrad, I got introduced to uh, knowledge translation and this whole idea of behavior change and bringing in psychology, which led me to do a master's Uh, at the University of Guelph, where we focused on dairy and dairy alternatives and purchasing habits of families around that. Uh, So even more psychology and understanding behavior. And later I did a PhD again at the University of Guelph with the Guelph Family Health Study. Uh, That one was more general, focused on food literacy and food waste, uh, where obviously I had to learn a bit about food systems and how our food systems shape our eating habits, shape our uh, purchasing habits, and how we also can shape our food systems, uh, which later on led me to this postdoctoral position where we're focused on food system sustainability and justice and uh, how we can transform food systems so that we reach a sustainable food system that is also just for everyone in the world where, you know, we, where we can feed 10 billion people by 2050 a healthy, sustainable diet. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing a bit about your journey, Amar. You certainly have a wealth of knowledge and experiences. So we're really excited to have you on the podcast today and especially focusing today on fathers and mealtimes. So with that, um, just to kind of get us started on the pod today, what does father's involvement during mealtime look like in Canada right now? Yeah, so... um. Uh, I guess I should talk a bit more about what my PhD was specifically because it pertains to this podcast today. So my PhD looked at food literacy and food waste in families specifically, and we made sure to include fathers in all of the assessment and in one of the interventions that we did. But for today, we're focused on just the research that looked at fathers' involvement. Um, And so 
uh, within Canada, I had to look up these stats comparing 1976 to 2015, which I thought were really interesting. Um, unfortunately, not all fathers are involved in meal planning or meal preparing and shopping uh, in households. This tells us that gender roles do persist still. Uh, but there have been improvements comparing you know, those years. So, for example, back then, about 51% of fathers said they participated in household work. So, in general, just anything in the household. Whereas in 2015, it was 76%. So, we do see a jump in, in an improvement in the number of fathers involved in housework. Now, when we talk about meal preparing, it's only about 35% of fathers in Canada that report participating in meal preparing to, in some capacity. And again, this is 2015, so that's where the latest data is. And then 41% said they're involved in shopping in some capacity. Now, I can talk about Guelph specifically because I was, you know, I was the PhD student doing the, the work here and looking at the stats of the Guelph Family Health Study. And I'd say the Guelph Family Health Study families are doing probably better than that. So almost all fathers reported that they are involved in some capacity, uh, but only about 40% said they're involved in either grocery shopping or meal preparing 50% or more of the time. So they're not like 100% involved in everything, but it's almost 50% of fathers are saying that they are involved in a lot of the cooking and grocery shopping, which I think is a very positive sign of uh, improvements in you know, the division of labor in, household, in households. So I would say Canada is doing pretty well. But I will say that, you know, part of my PhD was speaking with, with mothers and asking them, you know, how they could cook more at home. And uh, their answers were almost always that, you know, their partners and their older children could, could help a bit more. You know, they could be, you know, they could shoulder a bit of that burden. So I would say we're doing okay. We could do better. Thank you so much, Amar, for sharing all of that. I was actually very curious to know like what the statistics were. Um, so it's just encouraging to to see the stats show father's involvement has improved like within the household over the years and and even is at a good place with mealtime involvement, especially with our GFSH families. That's really encouraging to hear. And so I know in later questions, we'll talk about how to get more fathers involved, but it's just good to know where we are now and then where we want to be in the future. With that, is there a lot of research happening looking at father's role slash involvement in different family activities? Uh, so this is where I don't want to be too cynical in relaying what the field of nutrition has done as far as father involvement goes, because it really is not that much, uh, or at least compared to uh, the research done on mothers. As far as family activities in general, there has been a lot of research about kids with involved fathers and engaged fathers within a family context, you know, do better at school and, you know, emotional regulation and all those kinds of things. But when it comes to nutrition, there really isn't that much research, unfortunately. Now, there has been a bit more attention given recently, I would say, over the past, like, decade or so. So there's definitely more and more research being done. But um, yeah, it's not that much. And we are one of the few researchers who involve both mothers and fathers. And do you have any ideas on why that is, Amar, or anything that you, you know, have found throughout your research? Yeah, so uh, it was, I would say early on, 
partly maybe researcher bias thinking, okay, the mothers are the dietary gatekeeper. So we should just ask her what her child's diet looks like, what meal involvement looks like, what, you know, these, uh, what these nutrition outcomes look like for her children, uh, rather than go to the father who researchers thought is one unengaged and two just wouldn't know. But with how times have changed and, you know, the more egalitarian division of labor that we see now in households, fathers do play a role and researchers have identified that they do actually get involved in meal preparation and grocery shopping. And that seems to have an impact on children outcomes and healthy eating. Yeah, like it's just a, a matter of researchers wanting uh, the best source of data from a family, but then realizing that, okay, like fathers aren't just sitting there doing nothing. I mean, they do play a very important role that needs to be investigated. They do have a very big impact overall. Like uh, As I talked earlier, like just being involved within the family, it seems to uh, be better for the kids and their emotional regulation. So clearly something smaller, like, you know, dinner time, they could also play a role. That is so, so true. And it's just interesting. I feel like we've had some conversations where we just realized there's a lot of introspection that needs to be done to like progress. And I think even as researchers, really evaluating like where is our positionality, like where are the places we could have bias, even within that, it's like, you know, households and families look so different nowadays. And also there is like differences in gender roles and culture and things like that. And, and fathers are becoming more involved and, and want to be more involved. So our research should, you know, reflect that and, and look into what is the father's perspective and what are their thoughts as well. So I'm glad that you, you brought that to our attention, just like why maybe this isn't happening as much. So how can this be improved? Like what can we do better? So first of all, researchers could do better in simply thinking of fathers. And I mean, here we're only talking about two parent households, you know, two different sex parent households. Um, obviously, there are different types of families where may, they might have other caregivers like grandparents and stuff, which also I think should we should pay attention to. But for today's topic, we're only focusing on just uh, families with a mother and a father. I just think researchers should do better to begin with. I don't want to put the whole pressure on fathers and uh, and that, oh, they're not involved. No, it's not like that. It's like, what are the researchers doing to involve fathers? Like, are, is your research question as a researcher, does it include fathers? Are you thinking of fathers when you're thinking of the family? So even when it comes to like research questions, which aren't related to my PhD thesis, but breastfeeding, for example, fathers do somehow play from the res little research that I saw, they do somehow play a role in supporting the mother in, in her role as a, uh, you know, as a mother of an infant at that point. So I just think researchers should do better to ask the right questions when it comes to families. Now, there has been some research asking fathers why they're not involved. And a lot of the time fathers, when they see a flyer that says, you know, we're looking for parents to do research, a lot of the fathers think, oh, this is this pertains to the mother. It doesn't pertain to me because, you know, uh, the, the word parent alone just doesn't convey to them that the researchers are interested in both mother and father. 
So researchers could do better in just, you know, including in the flyer that we're looking for mothers and fathers rather than just parents in general. It's clear that fathers do want to participate in research. It's clear that they want to be involved within families and be more engaged in feeding and raising the kids. So we as researchers should do better to make sure they're getting the right message from us. Uh, and again, back to you know the research that looked at why fathers might not be involved. Fathers seem to want to know what the benefit to their family is. I'm not talking about monetary benefit, like a gift card you get. What is this research going to mean for my family? Like how, is, how does this pertain to, for example, my child's healthy eating? So they want to see that. It's To me, it's more on the researchers than on the fathers to include more fathers and, and do more father research. Yeah, definitely. That's actually very, you bring up a lot of very interesting points. And it would definitely be great too to see more research kind of reflect the different types of families that we have as well, like same-sex couples and, you know, even multi-generational households as well, because I think there's like a wealth of information that we can gather from that as well. And hopefully, too, as we see, you know, numbers go up in terms of father's involvement, as you've kind of shared with us at the beginning of the podcast here, hopefully some of those changes will be reflected, too, and we'll be able to see them more, more reflected in the research as well. And I agree with you, too. Yeah, it's definitely fathers. It seems like from the research, anyways, fathers want to be involved and it's it's on the researchers to figure out a way to engage them in a way that best suits their needs. So how does a father's engagement during mealtimes influence a child's emotional and or physical development? And are there specific behaviors or actions from fathers that are especially impactful? The father's role during mealtimes seems to be similar to the mother's where uh, he's a role model. He encourages healthy eating, you know, and that seems to increase the healthy eating in the child as well. And you know, if we were to think about what that would mean in the future, if the child is developing healthy eating habits, and again, I'm just basing this off of like hypothesizing what would happen. There's not much longitudinal research on father involvement, unfortunately, but anything we can do to get the child to develop healthy eating habits would have great uh, influence on later life and being able to eat healthy in later in life. So it's really important that fathers are engaged at mealtime the right way. And what I mean by that is what we call responsive feeding. So responsive feeding is doing things like just being a role model, eating the healthy food that you want your child to eat, encouraging them to eat, but also not using food as a reward or as a punishment. So, you know, nothing like eat the broccoli so that you get a sweet after or withholding sweets as punishment. Uh, fathers also, from the research, tend to pressure children to eat. So uh, that is something that is associated with uh, worse eating outcomes. And so I would encourage that fathers don't do that. Like what you should be doing is just more uh, responding to the child. So if he's full, if the child is full, then they are full. They, there's no need to have them finish the plate or any of those pressure type of uh, mealtime engagement as far as emotional development, I honestly can't say much about it. But uh, in general, as I said early in the podcast, when fathers are more engaged in families in general, children tend to do better emotionally. So, you know, less delinquency, less behavioral problems, and hopefully more healthy eating. Thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, we've been discussing 
um, just with parents in general, when they're they're more engaged, it, it has better outcomes for their children. So to hear that again with, you know, fathers, it's like, of course, that makes sense. <laughs> the more engaged and even modeling behaviors, I think, too, not using food as a reward or punishment is, is a big one. And I think I really have to give a lot of props to my father like he was the king of doing a lot of activities with us (laughs) as like rewards for things so it was like okay if you did something let's go to the park or let's do your favorite activity or we really loved soccer and there was a time we didn't get to do that as consistently as before so it was like okay let's go do that so he just found different ways to do that he was also a, a person who knows how to use his right and left brain very well so he was like a computer science nerd who can like build a computer from scratch but also had an artsy side and can like build clay models and draw so he just always found activity so as I'm even thinking of of parents who used other things for for rewards my dad came to mind so I'm that was just really cool and it brought forth a memory oh yeah no absolutely Marcia and so Uh, that's the better way of encouraging healthy eating uh, rather than building an unhealthy relationship unintentionally. I mean, every parent means well when, when they're doing the things that they do. I'm not saying they're not, you know, there's an ill will behind it. Everyone means well. It's just, you know, uh, you're, when you use food as a reward or punishment, you're building an unhealthy relationship with food so that, you know, there's this building of unhealthy food, like a sweet, for example, is something more than just a sweet. And that uh, I'm only doing this really annoying thing, which is eating my broccoli so that I get this reward. It just doesn't build the right relationship as you know, nutrition scientists we would like to see. So true. Can you share some insights into the unique contributions that fathers make during mealtime and how these interactions differ from those of other family members? Yeah, so uh, every family is different. Some families, the father might be more involved than other families. Uh, he might have more time to even help the mother in the cooking. Uh, so I, uh, overall, I would say the father father's contribution within a family meal setting or just preparing food in general in the household is whatever role he and his partner communicates with you know with each other to do. So. If he's in charge of the grocery shopping, that's that's his contribution. And there needs to be that communication between partners. So I won't say there's like a specifically unique contribution that fathers make. Generally speaking, they are just there to uh, shoulder some of the burden that mothers tend to shoulder all of or most of. For in most families, unfortunately, they're simply supporters. Now, in families where fathers are more engaged, it's and it's 50-50, that's when we see the best outcomes. And that's when I think fathers not necessarily have a unique contribution, but the contribution is, you know, being another role model in the household, modeling the fact that, you know, this is a 50-50 partnership, modeling healthy eating, modeling, you know, cooking and all those uh, things that children tend to see and want to do as well and be involved in. And that will later in life, hopefully, you know, build enough interest in cooking and in healthy eating that it persists into adulthood. 
Definitely. And I know, Amar, too, that you did some work in developing a parental food skills model where you touched on father's unique role in food provision, specifically with regard to like the planning and adjustment of meals. So I was just curious if you could maybe touch on that a bit more. Yeah, so that was just a cross-sectional study we did looking at how food skills are associated with children's diet quality and dinner food provision. So what we saw was that father's food skills in general are not associated, neither are mothers. They're not associated with children's diet quality per se. But what we saw was specifically father's ability to plan and adjust meals is associated with a better score on this measure of dinner healthfulness. So, you know, do you do you put a green salad at dinner? Do you do you offer milk? Those kinds of things at dinner. So that gets scored. And we saw there was an association between specifically planning and adjusting of the fathers, not the mothers, and that measure. What that tells us is if fathers are more involved in the higher order food skills, so the planning and adjusting meals, you know, families seem to do better. So I won't say that if we make fathers plan and adjust meals, you know, dinners will suddenly be healthier. I think because this is cross-sectional study, we're interpreting it as in families that have fathers with these higher order food skills of planning and adjusting meals, perhaps they're more involved with uh, within family meals. And so we see these better outcomes at dinner. Yeah, thank you for expanding on that too. I, it's always nice when we get an opportunity on the podcast too to actually talk about research that's from the Guelph Family Health Study. So it's always cool when we get that opportunity to highlight that. I was wondering, I had a question. In preparing meals with my dad, at least, I'll share another personal story. I remember it It felt like a treat <laughs> and it felt like like fun. I at least remember that, like I guess researcher bias, it can kind of seem like the moms will do things. At least my lived experience was that, yes, my mom did tend to prep the meals and be concerned about that, do more of the food shopping, things like that. But my father cooked as well. And when he cooked, it was so much fun. Like it was music blasting. We were chopping up the vegetables and everything and talking about sports and just it, it it felt different, you know, not better or worse than with mom, but different. And it was really cool. So I was just wondering, I didn't know if in your research and, and communicating with the families, if there if there was any distinctions or any uh, unique stories or, or differences that families or children shared about making meals with dad versus making meals with another parent. Yeah, I, I can't say yes to that question. We never really got in that deeply when it came to our questions that we asked the parents. But that is such an interesting question to ask. Like, how does meal preparation in, in families that have both parents who prepare meals, how do the children perceive that? That, that would be such an interesting research question. And I'm hoping we get to answer that in the near future because yeah, yeah. You know, I'm really curious how they perceive it. Like for for my for my family, just as a personal story, when my dad cooked, which was rare, he left the kitchen in a mess, so we had to clean it up. So it wasn't as much fun. <laughs> Whereas, you know, my mom kind of involved us here and there in in the cooking. And yeah, so I would say that's not something I can answer right now. But I'm hoping in the future we do get someone 
like a master's student or a PhD student to answer that question because it, it would be really interesting to see. And it would be also interesting to see. So, you know, we're seeing lots of families with stay at home fathers. Like, how does that look different than stay at home moms, for example, as far as, you know, the perception of the parent at home versus, you know, what was the perception of the children as well towards what does meal preparation look like in both families? That would be such an interesting uh, research question. For sure, that would. I love it. All these ideas for future research questions, things to explore. (laughs) In your research, have you identified any challenges or obstacles that fathers commonly face when they're trying to be actively involved in mealtimes? Yes. So, So we did a focus group study where we spoke with both mothers and fathers. Um, it was very clear to me that the fathers really want to be involved, but sometimes they, ju- they just don't know how and they don't want to add that burden on their partner that, okay, what do you want from me? And so now the mother has to almost delegate and like project manage, which just sometimes adds burden on the mother. So, you know, some fathers to them, you know, they already know because they've communicated maybe with their partner and they, they already know their role in the kitchen let's say if the if they always help in the cooking but for some fathers they just don't know how uh, another thing that i found really interesting and this isn't from the guelph family house study this was just a study i read i remember and they asked you know the mothers how you know whether they would like their partner to be involved and some of them i remember said they don't want the partner involved because you know the father one you know doesn't know the food skills that she knows and two, generally encourages like meat intake, whereas she wants to feed the family healthy food. So once again, back to my idea of communicating and being on the same page when it comes to these things is really important so that you uh, you get over these challenges or any challenges. And so that, you know, mealtime becomes less stressful rather than more stressful because, you know, the, the father is another adult in the household who can help and shoulder at least shoulder some of the burden. Now, ideally, it would be 50-50, but that might not be as realistic. It's it's more about just finding where the father can help in a way that does, in fact, help rather than add burden and stress because they really, really do want to be involved. And the mothers want to involve them as well. Sometimes the mothers also don't know how. And so again, once again, just the communication is really, really important between parents so that they can become the role models in in the kitchen. Yeah, for sure. And it is very interesting too. I mean, I can definitely understand, you know, wanting, of course, wanting to be involved, but at the same time, not wanting to make things more difficult for your partner and kind of adding on to that mental load. Because sometimes, you know, if you are the person that's taking control more with meals and the meal times and stuff, it can also be like a lot of mental load to have to ask your partner to help as well. So it's kind of important, I think, in general, just for families to find their own balance of what works best for them. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm someone who doesn't like having someone help them in the kitchen. So for some mothers, I bet that's the case as well. So, you know, finding what the father could do, for example, just play with the kids, keep them out of the kitchen while I finish this meal could just be like another way where the father is being supportive. It doesn't need to be in the kitchen, per se. It can be something like that. So, you know, just finding where the father could shoulder that burden is really key. Very true. Um, Not to call out my partner, but um, he might listen to this. He might not. But (laughs) I know that definitely that has been a conversation for the future. You know, he has certain food skills now and there's definitely 
more to learn. <laughs> so it's like learning it now when it's just him and I and then when there are children and things like that, there isn't that mental load. There isn't that, oh, you've never made this or that or this. Like, now let's learn it. So it's good to have those conversations, like, as soon as possible, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully to, to lessen the burden for both. And and you're right. It's like the, the fathers want to be more involved and the moms do want to involve them. But there's, there's so much going on on a day-to-day, I feel like, throughout uh, so many episodes we've talked about all of the burden and that is put on parents. And so if there's any way to to lessen the load, to make things easier, it would help. And so definitely communicating and, and coming up with a, with a team plan in this area is really helpful. Yeah, definitely, Marcianne. And I can totally relate to what you said as well as being the one that tends to take the reins in the kitchen. Yeah, it's important to have those conversations and to kind of set the stage for the future as well. But I love what Amar, your suggestion too, about like, even if it's not related to the kitchen or necessarily to mealtime, but like getting the kids ready for mealtime, like getting them, you know, playing with them beforehand. Like, I think that's a really, really good point there too it doesn't necessarily have to be food skills involved or in the kitchen or even directly with food but just like kind of getting them prepared for mealtime as well is a really big task for a lot of parents and families as well as even just making it to mealtime and getting to mealtime so with that too are there any strategies that fathers can use to overcome these barriers I know we just kind of briefly talked about one with like playing with um, the kids and stuff and getting them ready to mealtime but is there anything else it's funny, Marcian, you mentioned, you know, the, the lower food skills. So on average, I'm not saying every every man and every woman is like this, but in on average in Canada, men tend to have lower food skills than women. And we see that in families as well. So one thing they, the fathers could do is learn to cook more and get those food skills at a level where they can help and, you know, they can shoulder the burden in the kitchen. But also, yeah finding something outside of the kitchen, if need be, that they can do would also be really important. So it doesn't need to be only in the kitchen. It can also be just, you know, the grocery shopping that they do. It can be can be any role that they see with their partner as something that would lessen the burden on whoever is in charge of, whoever is mainly in charge of the cooking. But also I do want to say it's really hard for families because in speaking with some of the families, you know, usually... For some mothers, they said that their partner gets back home really late because their work, his work is just like that. So it's really hard to, you have to have dinner ready while the kids are running around, but there's no father to help with the kids, for example, because he's at work still or commuting back or anything like that. So I do want to say it's really hard for families. And so, yeah, just anything that could be done to uh, lessen that burden would be really important. Thanks for sharing all that. It, it's so true. There's a bit of creativity there. And again, just open communication and conversations that keeps coming up in podcast. I wonder if that's a trend. Um, but, you know, having those talks because there are some things to do. I know for me, again, I don't have children, but hoping to one day, but even now, just with a small household of two, there'll be times when 
Um, my partner is like, how can I help? How can I do this? And because I'm so laser focused, it's like, well, if you can't do what I'm doing, then you can't do anything. And it's like, no, that's not true. There's there's other things. It could be the grocery shopping or getting the kids ready or or getting the table set or or planning like, you know, if there is like, a, oh, we should have this meal one day in a few days. It's like, okay make a shopping list or like pull up a recipe like there's there's a division of labor there that can happen and I think it's just for one person whoever is more in charge of like the food prep and all that thinking openly and allowing for creativity and being like actually no there is something that they can do and then the other person being open to those other tasks and even helping like the person who usually does do the meal prep think through that especially it's hard to think through it in the moment (laughs) so so yeah thank you for sharing all of that yeah just on the point of creativity finding the time to do these things and for example if they're busy all for you know because of work every weekday like just make it a family activity on a weekend where both parents are there just anything to you know, it doesn't need to be once every every day. It doesn't need to be an everyday thing. It can be like once a week, once every two weeks, just anything to help the children see that, oh, both parents are cooking and we're making, you know, a healthy meal or, you know, helping the children learn something from the kitchen. Absolutely. Well, to close out the podcast, we like to give parents three take-home tips. So what are three take-home tips on how fathers can engage more effectively in mealtimes that you can share with the audience? Yeah, so uh, I think the theme of this whole podcast was communication between partners. Yeah, I think that's the first and probably the most important tip, I would say, is just communicating and finding how uh, the father could be more involved just finding out why they're not even more involved to begin with because you know mothers might be surprised that their partner wants to be involved just doesn't know how or is afraid of adding burden like we talked about so just communicating and seeing why or why not you know they they want to be involved and see if you know his his food skills are maybe not sufficient maybe you can take a cooking class together just make it a fun date as a couple just go do a cooking class together get those food skills up to par so that he can help as well. Uh, The other tip I would say is planning meals so that maybe one meal every week or every two weeks is just a family meal where everyone is involved in the kitchen in some capacity, like, I don't know, help. If if it's a really small child, just help them up and, you know, stir something. Or uh, if it's baking, even something simple for the whole family to do together would be really important as well. That way, again, being that role model, uh, it's a family activity. So just getting that closeness together. uh, That's the whole thing about food. It's more than just nutrients that we eat. There's so much culture around food that we would love to see more families. think of food that way and uh, as an opportunity to not only teach, but also get close as a family. And the last one, and I think this is also really important, is you know, the, remove the pressure from it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to stress the listeners by thinking they have to, you know, involve three children uh, of various ages, and uh, especially if the children don't want to be involved. Uh, sometimes, just simply being a role model can get them interested in joining in on the fun of cooking and learning. 
and uh, once again like simple things like the father just playing with the kids while the while the mother cooks is fine like just anything that would you know decrease the stress of cooking would be really important so you know raising a family is hard so you know keep the expectations low and just do the best that you can so again once every two weeks four weeks on holidays only you do a family meal no problem just whatever can be done i would recommend that they do it but it's really important that and all the parents obviously want to do something it's just yeah like there's life is so stressful um, and uh, I'm, I'm not a father myself but in speaking with some of the parents of the Guelph family house lady it was very clear how stressed everyone is and how even uh, the stress of making sure every meal is healthy sometimes is too much and so they order takeout and that is also fine it's just really about finding a way to uh, eat healthy most of the time and get the kids involved because that's also healthy for both the the kid and the, the family as a whole this should be a fun thing it shouldn't be stressful and that's i think where communication is really key and keeping it fun rather than a stressful thing that now needs to be achieved like one more to do thing on the schedule or on the agenda yeah definitely it's all about the balance for sure and i love what you said about food being more than the nutrients and kind of taking the pressure away from it as well it's really is just about being together and having fun with it and that will look very different depending on the family that is doing this so Thank you so much, Dr. Layla, for taking the time to chat with us. You've provided us with such helpful information on, on the importance of fathers in mealtimes. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. And uh, I do want to thank Dr. Jess Haynes, my PhD mentor. I really, really want to big, give a big thank you to the Guelph Family Health Study family, especially the ones that we spoke with. And I hope they remember who I was <laughs> uh, because it was just really such a fun experience talking to them and understanding their daily struggles and their daily wins even. Uh, so big shout outs to them and the Guelph Family Health Study team. And a big shout outs to you, Tamara and Marcian. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Yeah, we love our Guelph Family Health Study families and the Guelph Family Health Study team really is a very special one. We're lucky to be a part of it. And we were so excited to have you here, Amar. Well, we hope our listeners can take away some of these useful tips that you've shared and that they enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time.